On today's Murder, She Wrote podcast, Harry McGraw returns for his third appearance in a backdoor pilot with a who's who of 80s guest stars. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Murder, She Wrote podcast where I watch every single episode of the hit 80s slash 90s show Murder, She Wrote, starring three-time Academy Award nominee and six-time Tony Award winner Miss Angela Lansbury. Today I'm going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 16, Murder Takes a Dive. Air date, February 22nd, 1987. As always, I spoil everything there is to spoil about the murder of the suspects, everything in between. So if you've not recently seen this episode because Hallmark Channel is showing movies, Christmas movies, all the time, and you own the DVDs like I do, get out your Season 3 disc set, insert disc 4 into your DVD player. This is the last episode on that disc. If you don't own the DVDs and you miss watching Murder, She Wrote on your television, all 12 seasons of Murder, She Wrote is streaming on the Roku channel, as well as the four TV movies that preceded Murder, She Wrote when it ended in 1996. Also, all seasons 1 through 5 are streaming for free on Freebie, formerly IMDb TV app. And all 12 seasons are also streaming on NBC's Peacock app, but you have to shell out $4.99 a month to be able to see it because they put it into the premium section. Uh, but if you are having Murder, She Wrote withdrawals, I would highly recommend getting the DVDs if you can. I'm sorry that I haven't... Um, Posted an episode or recorded an episode in a minute. Um, so I hope everybody had a wonderful uh, Halloween. Had a safe and wonderful Halloween. And I hope everyone got out and voted. It was fun. And uh, I can't believe it's November already. I just can't believe it's November already. And it feels like it's going fast. And we've already turned our clocks back, and we're getting an extra hour of sleep, which I love. And uh, I just hope that you all are doing well. November marks two occasions. One is not so great, and the other one's really good. My father has been now gone for eight months. He passed away from cancer in April of this year, and the holidays are coming up, and it's going to be really, really hard for me because of because I miss him so much. and But there is good. There is always good to see. Because this month also marks three years that I've been doing the Murder, She Wrote podcast overall. For those of you who might, have been, might be new and just be stumbling onto this episode. And don't listen to the other episodes. I don't know how it works. But uh, I've been doing... The Murder, She Wrote podcast here on the Anchor app, being on Spotify and other platforms for like a year. But um, I started it on YouTube in November of 2019, 
um, and continued throughout the summer of 2021 until my computer crashed and I lost all my auto files and had to re-record seasons one and two. And I've been so consumed with seasons one and two that I don't even remember what, what episodes are coming up, honestly, now. And I'm halfway through season three. I finished disc four, so I only have two discs left. I can't believe it. Um, but thank you all for your continued support and listening to the podcast because it has been helping me a great deal since my father passed away. He was very proud of me for having this podcast and it's been helping me a lot since, since he's been gone talking about this show. And I know that it's been hard lately. We've lost so many great legends this year. Um, but their legacy lives on. And I wanted to talk about a little bit about um, my thoughts and prayers go out to Aaron Carter's family. He just, he just recently passed away. Great singer. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Okay. So as I said, this episode murder takes a dive serves as a backdoor pilot. Now, for those of you who might not know what a backdoor pilot is, basically a backdoor pilot serves as a pilot for a new spinoff series. Basically focuses on characters that it doesn't normally focus on. And according to the trivia on IMDb, it says... This was an extended show and served as sort of a backdoor pilot for Jerry Orsbach's spinoff series, The Law and Harry McGraw. Okay. So, to explain exactly what a backdoor pilot is, basically, um, the one that comes to mind the most, well, two, actually, is... Um, they did a backdoor pilot on the different strokes. They did a backdoor pilot on the family for Maud. And, and then they did a backdoor pilot for Empty Nest on the Golden Girls. And speaking of the Golden Girls, I, as an early birthday present slash Christmas present to myself, just got all seven seasons of the Golden Girls on DVD so I can watch them whenever I want to. I am so happy about that. It's my comfort show along up, along with Murder, She Wrote, so I'm glad that I got that and I can enjoy it whenever I want to, both on DVD. I would highly recommend if there's any show that you're crazy about um, and that you love, I would buy it on DVD because you would have it. And if your internet is not working particularly great that day, you can just turn on your DVD player And pop it in there and be able to watch it whenever you want to without no commercials at all. That's the best way to watch your favorite show. No commercials at all. But I guess the biggest example of a backdoor pilot would have to be the Empty Nest pilot. So in the second season finale of The Golden Girls, and believe me, there's a point to this story, I promise. At the end of the second season of The Golden Girls, they have this sort of 
finale, which serves as a backdoor pilot for Empty Nest. Guest starring the wonderfully talented, beautiful Rita Moreira. She stars as a woman whose husband is a doctor and her children have gone off to college. They now have to figure out exactly how, like, they have to figure out how to be a couple again and rediscover each other. And they have a weird neighbor named Oliver and the and her husband has a brother who has multiple personalities, one of them being Mr. Fix-It. And this was supposed to be a backdoor pilot. According to Marita Marrero, what happened was that there were not any rewrites for the material and it needed it because Susan Harris was very uh, ill at the time, according to Rita's uh, interview with uh, the Archives of American Television, which you can watch on YouTube. And you can tell that the writing is not consistent in this episode because at one point Dorothy mentions them having a party with the next door neighbor and him, I don't know, doing something to the pool and they don't have a pool. So, yes. And why I'm bringing this up is because that was the basic premise and it didn't work. And so NBC retooled the show cut out Rita Moreira's character completely, kept the part where the dude was a doctor, um, and retooled the show to be Harry Weston is a pediatrician, and he has a feisty nurse played by Park Overall, has a daughter Barbara who's a cop, and a daughter Carol who's a neurotic person. And... They basically made several appearances on the Golden Girls, and the Golden Girls made several appearances on there. And honestly, it wasn't the same show that it was presented as. Because Empty Nest implies when your kids leave the nest. So I didn't get the title. And Empty Nest has never been released on DVD, um, and or on streaming, but has been in syndication, but not as much as most shows are. So I bring this up because if this was the if this was the backdoor pilot for the law and Harry McGraw, the way that it's set up is not the show that we ultimately get. According to Wikipedia, um, because there's not a lot of information on this show, and honestly, um you if you have a chance, and no, they're not paying me or telling me to say this, I'm just saying it. If you have a chance, you should donate money to keep Wikipedia alive because it's the only thing on the internet where you can go and find information and there's like no stupid ads that pop up while you're doing it. And it's a big, huge source of information. I'm going to donate money next month. I can't now, right now. But uh, I'm going to do that because I love Wikipedia. It is my huge source of information. But anyway, according to Wikipedia, um, the show did not even air on the same night that Murder, She Wrote aired. The show originally premiered on September 27, 1987, lasted only for 16 episodes, and was canceled on February 8, 1988. But it's never been syndicated and never been released on DVD in the United States, 
but it was released on DVD in Australia. And it's available to watch on YouTube, all 16 episodes. And I am thinking of watching the pilot episode and doing a bonus episode just to see. But I did watch the first 15 minutes and I gotta say that whatever they were trying to do in this episode, Murder Takes a Dive, is not the same thing that happens on the wall in Harry McGraw. Okay, it actually ended on February 10th, 1988, sorry. But anyway, the basic plot, plot of it was Jerry Orsbach stars as the loudmouth, uncouth, old-school private detective who continually finds himself solving mysteries on behalf of the prim and proper attorney played by Barbara Babcock, who has an office across the hall. The attorney, Ellie Mavis, finds McGraw's methods somewhat hard to digest but effective, and a romantic connection between the two is suggested, although the series didn't last long enough for such a subplot to fully develop. Okay. And after the show's fast cancellation, it lasted more than half a, half of a season, he reprised the role of Harry McGraw in a few episodes of Murder, She Wrote, before a few years later moving on to play Detective Lenny Briscoe on the television series Law & Order. Okay. So, and according to my research, because I, I did like a deep dive in this as much as I could find, it did not air on Sunday nights because Murder, She Wrote aired on Sunday nights on CBS at 8 p.m. For some reason, CBS put the show, The Law and Harry McGraw, on Wednesday nights at 8 and for some reason changed the format. I mean, yes, Harry is sort of like an old school private detective, like someone from like the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, kind of like Sherlock Holmes or something like that. I mean, he says the weirdest things at the weirdest times. And if this is supposed to be a backdoor pilot, well, it doesn't come across as that because Harry's not being a private detective in the episode. But to explain, let's get into the episode. And I probably will maybe start watching the episodes and do bonus episodes because they do have interesting titles. Like, Dead Men, Dead Men Do Not, Don't Make Phone Calls, State of the Art, Beware the Isles of May, Mr. Chapman, I presume, The Falling Arrow, Report is Back in Town, Angela's Secret, Old Heroes Never Die, Solve It Again, Harry, Yankee Doodle Dandy, Murder by a Landslide, She's Not Wild About Harry, Waiting Game, Harry Does the Hustle, and Margaritas for the People. So weird. Um, but I just might, because all the episodes are available on YouTube. All you gotta do is like just search it, and it comes up, and there's a playlist that has all of them. 
and I'm thinking of doing a bonus episode, at least watching the first episode, and I and and then I will decide whether or not I want to watch the other ones. But anyway, so let's get in this episode so I can explain to you exactly um, what I mean by him. He's not being a detective in this because this is a very weird way. And a really weird thing to serve as a backdoor pilot for this character. Of course, this is his third appearance. His first appearance was in season one in Tough Guys Don't Die. Coincidentally, that was Barbara Babcock's first episode as well. She played the owner of a magazine. Um, she also guest starred in season two in that weird New Orleans episode where she played a woman trying to get her husband elected into the senate or something and lieutenant casey is back from one good bid deserves a, a murder um you know if murder were a disease you'd be contagious yep he's back so this episode starts off with two guys boxing and we have Harry narrating from the side, like, go and do that, go and do this, ooh, hit him, blah, blah, blah. Well, Jessica's there, and she's watching this, and the fight gets intense because the random fighter, who is probably not credited, um, starts basically insulting the other guy, and he ends up hitting him. He basically um, breaks it up, and we get introduced to the owner of this gym, Mr. Mr. Ponzini, played by Ernest Bordnine. I love him. He's just so funny. I loved him in The Poseidon Adventure. That was my favorite movie of his that I've seen. And various other things he's been in. But I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But we'll see when I go over, go over his guest starring credits here at the end of the show like I do. But anyway, um, he tells him to go hit the showers, and Jessica goes, Harry, I don't understand why I'm here. So we go to, we cut to a restaurant, and we basically get the backstory. Harry was doing some investigating on, for some man off screen, whose daughter had run off with someone and he gave him like $5,000 to basically find her well she ends up coming back with the guy she ran off with so the dude wanted his money back and Jessica goes well he can't do that and I and y'all I had to watch this episode three times because with my ADHD it's like hard for me to remember like, especially in an episode like this, like, who all the characters were. So, I'm not going to bother trying to explain who these characters are that I'm talking about because they're off-screen and not important. But, uh, I also, like, think that if he didn't actually have to do any work or actually find her, then he should give the money back. I mean, if he didn't actually have to go looking for her, then there's no reason for him to keep the money. But he said it was already spent or whatever, so he couldn't give it back. Well, he goes to some sort of booker, and all of this is done with Harry explaining it 
Like, we literally start the episode where we're already with Blaster, which is the fighter he has gotten. And now Harry is establishing how we got to this point. Well, anyway, um, Harry go calls his booker, which is always bailing him out of jams, named Mr. Pinky. But Mr. Pinky is dead and leaves Harry the prize fighter blaster. And he knows nothing about the fighting game, but ends up going to Pazzini's uh, gym and runs into Mr. Bigwig himself. That almost feels like he's out of the 1940s. Mr. Talbidge, played by Adam West, who played TV's Batman. Yes, I know, it's amazing. And Mr. Talbidge comes across as someone um, who seems to be out of place. He's like walking in very fancy clothes and ha is smacking, it, smacking, sorry, smoking a pipe. And just seems completely out of place. Well, Harry has no knows nothing about the fighting game as they keep referring to it. And uh, he goes up to Mr. Talbidge and he's like, I got Blaster, would you like him? And he's like, I'm not a manager and I'm not a promoter. And he's watching the Sean... Shillelagh, the Irish Shillelagh, and uh, <laughs> and he is his uh, fighter, and then and Dennis McConnell, played by I think the same guy who's been who played that doctor. We'll see because he looks so familiar. Um who played the doctor in the in two episodes that he did in the episode on that was set in Cabot Cove where Seth wasn't there. But anyway, so this is all established and eventually Talvidge has him sent out of the gym. And then we also get introduced to Talvidge's, I don't know if, Harry says his main squeeze, so I don't know if that means that she's his wife or his girlfriend. But, uh, her name is, uh, is she uncredited? Lois. Yes, Lois. Her name is Lois Ames. So I guess she's not married to Mr. Talbidge. I have no idea, guys. Well, anyway, they come in. They find, they for some reason, this made no sense to me. Um, Harry's trying to figure out how to get the money to to the guy who's who wants his money back. And we also get introduced to uh, Doc Penrose. Uh, I don't, I think he's just Blaster's friend. When I watched the episode the first time, I thought he was his father, but no. I think he's just a manager or whatever. Well, 
Lois and Mr. Talvich come in and Mr. Talvich decides to have his fighter and blaster be in a fight together with a contract for a lot of dough. And of course, you all know John Ames, well, maybe not this generation, but John Ames was on Good Times as James Evans, and he is such a great actor. I love him. He was also in the miniseries Roots, and we have another person from the miniseries Roots on here, and they both played the role of Contente Tente, Kente Tente on Roots. We have Lee Vern Burton, um, who played that character, and John Elms played him the older version of that character. So I love that, but they share no scenes together in this episode. So I guess the person that the guy was supposed to fight, uh, Sean, this is when it gets weird, folks. Literally Lois comes up into the conversation when Harry goes, well, what happened to the bum that the other guy that was supposed to fight him? She goes, she caught him hopscotching on someone else's sidewalk and she took a coffee pot to his jaw. Um, who talks like that? I mean, I get it that Harry is like, he talks weird from time to time, but it's weird when the other characters do it. And believe me, there's more dialogue coming up where it's just like, what? So eventually Harry agrees to the fight and Lois openly flirts with Harry and Harry doesn't seem to care at first. So eventually Harry's looking at the contract and he says something that has not aged well. He, he, goes, he looks at the, at the figure and he says, Oh, this is just chunk change. Slavery went out years ago because Blaster is black as well. And I just thought that was a little racist. Just a tiny bit. I didn't like that line. Well, anyway, eventually Harry decides to go back to Penzini, Penzini's gym. And apparently Mr. Talvidge wants Sean to... I don't know, throw the fight or cheat or something. It does not make any sense. I don't know anything about boxing or the WWE or anything like that. But apparently he doesn't want to do it. Mr. Talvich basically says, you know, I own you. Meanwhile, as they're like both outside listening to them argue back and forth. Um, apparently, Mr. Panzini used to work for Mr. Talvidge and even took a dive himself, which he tells Sean to lay off of him. Um, so, eventually, Lois is out outside with Harry, and she tries to, like, flirt him up and imply she wants to have sex with him. And he says, whatever you're peddling, honey, you need to go peddle it someplace else. It was really weird. So then Harry decides to go in there. And he's like, I don't know anything about the fighting game. And, you know, apparently Mr. Talvidge 
wants Blaster to to deliberately fall. You know what I mean? Like deliberately, like let the Irish shillelagh knock him down deliberately. I mean, I don't know if this is illegal or or what. It doesn't make any sense to me. And Harry is all like, no, Blaster's not going to do that. That's like cheating or something. So eventually, Mr. Panzini punches Harry and knocks him down. Then Harry pulls his gun and he shoots the the gun into the couch. Then Mr. Talvich takes Harry's gun and empties all the bullets on the floor and tells him that he needs to learn that whatever he says goes. So that's the end of the story that Harry tells. And Jessica says, but then why am I here? And he says that he needs money or something. And Jessica decides decides to go ahead and tell him. Or decides to go ahead and gives him the money. Alone or whatever. So when Harry goes to talk on the phone, Blaster, who is a huge eater, like he literally has like four baked potatoes and has them all finished as soon as Harry's story is done and starts eating a burger after that. Reminds me of my dad. My dad could could eat four Big Macs in one setting and not even and not even gain a pound and still be able to walk. I mean he was very skinny. But anyway, um he tells Mrs. Fletcher, Jessica, that he wants to be knocked down because he gets the money whether he wins the fight or whether he's knocked down. And he's been saving up money and sending it to to this dude in Tennessee so he can own a dairy farm. And he almost got it paid for. And Jessica's confused as me because she's like, why would you want to go through life being somebody's punching bag? He was like, I used to be a good fighter, but now people just hire me because I make them look good. And I'd rather, you know, not fight. And I'd rather let them knock me down so that I can have a nice life at this dairy farm. So Jessica goes back to Cabot Cove. And we get introduced to the reporter, Dave Robinson, and his photographer slash video person, Pam Collins, who were trying to find information on Mr. Talvich. When, the, when Harry first starts telling his story, they're interviewing Mr. Panzini in the gym when Harry first goes there. I forgot about that, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Mr. Robinson calls Jessica and is like, we heard that you're going to be Blaster Boyle's manager. 
how'd you get into the fighting game? You're a mystery writer. And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. So then she picks up the phone to call Harry to find out what's going on. And Lieutenant Casey answers the phone. And he tells Jessica that Harry is going to be arrested for murder. So Jessica goes back to Boston and, and demands to know what's going on. So she gets to see Harry and Harry says, Casey, why'd you bring her into this? I don't want her to know. I don't want her to be bothered by this or something to that effect. And, and uh, Lieutenant Casey says, she insisted to come, McGraw. I didn't force her. So she then tells, asks Harry to explain to her what's going on. And she was like, and also, could you explain to me why I'm the, listed as a manager of a prize fighter? He says that he had to put her name on it because they didn't want anything to do with him. Oh, boy. So Harry tells the story like this. Basically, Lois Ames came over to his apartment after the confrontation that he has with Talvich in Panzini's office. They make love and he still wanted Blaster to do the fight so he went to go find him and convinced him to do the fight by basically lying and saying that they said something bad about him. Don't ever get Blaster mad. And then Harry comes to his apartment and finds himself being arrested because the bullet that killed Mr. Talvage, he was found dead under a bridge, um, was from a from a thirty-eight police special which Harry owns. So needless to say, all arrows point to Harry. And then Harry decides not to get a lawyer because he says, with you on my side, you'll have this thing wrapped up before dinner time. So make up your mind, Harry. Do you want her to help you or don't you? So when Jessica tries to reason with Lieutenant Casey, he even shows her that the bullet matches Harry's gun. So all arrows point to him. So Jessica has to help solve this crime. Um, so Jessica is Blaster's manager. And she decides to hire Doc to help her manage him because she knows nothing about it. Mr. Panzini, Jessica goes to the, to the gym and no women are allowed on the premises, but she doesn't care. And uh, basically, well, when she leaves the police station, she gets picked up in a cab by Pam. And then eventually, Mr. Robertson gets in the car. And Jessica gathers that the story of Mr. Talvage is, is very personal to him. Because Mr. Talbot is dead, so why do a story? Why expose him for who he is now when he's dead to the world? And he basically tells Jessica everything she needs to know about Mr. Talbot being a fancy dude 
and and provides exposition for her. She goes to the gym and she meets uh, Sean, the guy who's fighting Blaster, and she meets his manager, Dennis McConnell. He basically tells her that Blaster is to take a dive on this fight. And she says, if you think that Blaster is going to take a dive for that shillelagh, you're out of your mind. Then Mr. Panzini comes out and says the fight is still on. So Jessica then decides to hire Doc to help her manage Blaster because she doesn't know anything about the fighting game. And apparently Doc bets on the horses and is in the hole, so he decides to take the job. And then Jessica is getting ready and she's criticized on television for being a mystery writer who knows nothing about fighting and says that Blaster is pretty much in trouble. So she decides to train along with him to prove the press wrong. Eventually, um, Jessica thinks that maybe Lois took Harry's gun and used it. But Harry basically takes shuts down every theory that she has. Lois couldn't have had enough time to switch the gun um, back because he had put it on as soon as he got up because he never went around went anywhere without it and everyone seems to have an alibi including Dennis McConnell and Mr. Shillelagh I don't know if that's his actual last name but there also happens to be a documentary on him and he used to be from a farm and he really loved duck hunting remember that so eventually it's revealed that Mr. Robinson, the reporter, wanted to do a story on Mr. Talvidge because Mr. Talvidge ruined his father, um, turned him into a vegetable or something with a fight, so it was personal. Eventually, he decides to drop the fight and realizes that his photographer slash camera person, Pam, is actually in love with him, even though it's so painfully obvious. Um, so, long story short, because, like, I've seen this episode, like, three times, and I still don't get it, but long story short, the killer turns out to be, um, the shillelagh guy, because Mr. Talvidge wanted him to, I don't know, cheat on the fight or something, and... He was able to dig the slug out of the couch and put it in the gun and framed him. But he changed his clothes so there would be no gunpowder residue. And Jessica knew that clothes were very important to Mr. Talvidge. So obviously there was a switch or something. And it's implied at the end that Lieutenant Casey and Harry McGraw are going to be solving crimes together. There's at one point where Dennis McConnell goes to see Doc, again trying to convince him to make Blaster blow the fight. And there's this little bit of dialogue that makes absolutely no sense. It's so random out of nowhere. Like he goes, oh, you want me to sweeten the kitten? I will. It's like, what? 
Because I, I don't, I mean, if I understood more about fighting and stuff, I mean, I, I saw the first Rocky movie and I don't remember there being any like stuff like this. Like, take a dive, deliberately let the person hit you, then fall, don't get back up so you can get the money anyway. Like, I don't get that. And I really don't understand what the shillelagh's motivation is. I mean, how would that help him if he killed him? Like, I don't know. And then Dennis McConnell and Lois are a couple. I mean, there's lots of red herrings of who could have done it. And then him randomly being the killer just makes no sense. And Barbara Babcock's character that's in the law and Harry McGraw is nowhere to be seen. So it's like, if this served as a backdoor pilot, I don't know. Because Harry's not doing any detective work. I mean, he's basically in jail the entirety of the episode and Jessica has to solve the crime for him. And also, it makes no sense. Um, I mean, Mr. Talbidge basically emptied out all the bullets. How would he be able to fire a bullet from a gun that's already been fired? I mean, I, I, uh, I don't understand. It hurts my brain. So I'm just gonna say that I like the guest stars. I like seeing John Ames. I like seeing Ernest Borgnine and, and, you know, them. But it's like, this is a weird episode. I wouldn't say that it's bad, like the two episodes that preceded the Death Stalks the Big Top, or even the weird season finale of season two, but it's kind of up there because it's like, what are you trying to establish here? And the fact that you know, Harry then solves crimes with some lawyer, played by Barbara Babcock, which I wonder, does she ever make an appearance on Murder, She Wrote as that character? I can't wait to find out. But anyway, let's go over the guest stars, shall we? Alright, we got John Ames as Doc first, because it goes in alphabetical order. He is, of course, known for Coming to America, 1988, Lock Up, 1999, Dar Die Hard 2, 1990, and Good Times, 1974-76, in 61 episodes. Um, and he's still acting as we speak. Good for you, sir. He was even in Coming to America 2, which I don't think we needed a a coming to America too. I think the first one was fantastic. But he's in Me Time was his latest thing this year. Um, I don't know if this is his only episode of Murder She Wrote. Alright. Medea's witness protection. Ha oh, so funny. 30 Rock, Two and a Half Men, My Name is Earl, Psych, Dr. Doolittle, Three. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Three Episodes, Touched by an Angel. The Cosby Show, Bonanza, The Next Generation. 
Oh, this is the only episode of Murder, She Wrote. I was hoping he'd be in more. He was in Hunter, Trapper John, M.D., Hillcastle, McCormick, The Love Boat, Mary Tyler Moore Show. I loved him on that. Roots. Yep. Good Times, Maud. Love American Style, The New Dick Van Dyke Show. And his first ever credited is The Bill Cosby Show in 1970. You go, sir. I think he's a fantastic actor. I hated that they killed him off on Good Times. Ernest Bordnine played Mr. Panzini. And he's no longer with us. He died in 2012. But it doesn't say how old he was. But he was born in 1917. Wow. Oh, he was 95 when he died. Sorry, it took a minute to load. He's known for Marty, 1955. Escape from New York, 1981. The Poseidon Adventure, 1972. And Airwolf television show 1984 to 86 and 55 episodes last known credit is being in spongebob square pants as mermaid man in 15 episodes he was in love's love's christmas journey er in 2009 when it the Wishing Well, that was a good movie, The Wishing Well, on the Hallmark Channel. The District. Seventh Heaven, Touched by an Angel. Walker, Texas Ranger, Chicken Soup for the Soul. All Dogs Go to Heaven, The Series, and The Christmas Carol. Jag. McHale's Navy movie, which sucked. Pinky in the Brain. The Simpsons as himself. Home Improvement. Jake and the Fat Man. Jake Spinner, Private Eye. Never heard of that. Real Men Don't Eat Gummy Bears. <laughs> I wonder what that is. Dirty Dozen, The Final Mission, The Fatal Mission, Dirty, Dirty Dozen, The Deadly Mission, All, Only Episode of Murder, She Wrote, Highway to Heaven, Alice in Wonderland, The Dirty Dozen, The Next Mission, there must have been a lot of those, Last Days of Pompeii, Magnum P.I., Love Boat, Deadly Blessing, Escape from New York, The Black Hole, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Ghost of Flight 401, Jesus of Nazareth, Miniseries, The Devil's Reign, Little House on the Prairies, Jonathan, that was a great role for him in that. The Neptune Factor, Um, he was in a lot of things. The Wild Bunch. McHale's Navy, the original television show. Wagon Train. He was even in the movie, McHale's Navy, 1964. 
a lot of MGM movies. His first credited role was Rocky King Detective on TV in 1950. Wonderful actor. Wish he could have been in more episodes of Murder, she wrote. Okay, LeVar Burton played Dave Robinson. I think he's still acting. And he's still with us. He is known for Star Trek Generations 1994. Star Trek First Contact 1996. I think both of those are movies. Roots miniseries. And Star Trek Nemesis. He is still acting. He was in Star Trek Pick Picker Pick Oh God, the latest Star Trek, which says that the episode he's in won't air until twenty twenty three. So he hasn't even been in that yet. He was in NCIS New Orleans, the new Roots miniseries, which I did not like in twenty sixteen. I thought the original that they did was perfect. He was in the Big Bang Theory as himself. Um, Star Trek Online, which is a video game. Um, Star Trek Insurrection, Star Trek Voyager as George LaForge. Star Trek Generations was a video game. Okay. Gargoyles, the cartoon series. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, Generations is a movie. Star Trek The Next Generation, who's on that? Uh, Firestorm, 72 Hours in Oakland. I have no idea. Uh, only episode of Murder, she wrote. He was in the Jesse Owens story, The Love Boat, Emergency Room, Fantasy Island, Trapper John, M.D., the Acorn People, I have no idea. He was in the story of Jim Jones. One in a Million. Um, Roots. And his first known credit is in 1976. Uh, in something called Aimlo's A Man. I have no idea, TV movie. But I love the original Roots. It was so good. And so many people acted in that and they were good. Uh, Bradford... Bradford Dillman played Dennis McConnell, and I think he's been on Murder, She Wrote before. He died in 2018 at the age of 87. He's known for The Enforcer, 1976, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, 1971, Piranha, 1978, and Compulsion, 1959. Um... It says that he was in eight episodes of Murder, She Wrote. But let's see if if I know. He was in Murder to a Jazz Beat in, his, in the first season. And no, they got to be wrong about that. I mean, sorry guys, they have like a new po like a new page for this stuff and
And uh, basically, um, I thought that he was the doctor, the veterinarian, or the doctor that was on there, but I'm sure he was. So we'll go over more of his guest starring roles then. Um, of course, we had Ray uh, Griston, who was who played Lieutenant Casey back. He died in 2019, um, but it doesn't say. Oh, he was 84. He's known for Hollywood Man, 1976, Number One with the Bullet, 87, Hill Street Blues, and Murder She Wrote. Um, I'm pretty sure, oh, he was in Law and Order, um, Cosby, Love Affair, The Royal Family, Beverly Hills 90210, Married with Children, Baywatch, Out of Time, a TV movie, and I think this is his final, final episode of Murder, She Wrote. Oh, he'll appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in Season 4 as a different character. But he will also be on the law in Harry McGraw as someone else entirely. Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. Wouldn't he be Lieutenant Casey? He was on Newhart, the A-Team, Full House, but not Full House. It was something completely different, 1983. The Greatest American Hero, Happy Days, Midnight Offerings. That was a good movie with Melissa Sue Anderson. And he was on General Hospital, and his first known credit is The Man from Uncle. All right, Lois Ames was played by Carolyn Kay. Or Car Carl Carlton Kay. Sorry about that. She's still with us. She is known for Satan's Princess, 1989, Murder, She Wrote, Teen Witch, 1989, and Remington Steel, 1983. Her last known credit is Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. Um, she was on 21 Jump Street, Mr. Belvedere. This is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. Simon and Simon, Love Boat, Love American Style, and It's Your Move. What's your move? I have no idea what that is. A TV show. Poison Ivy, 1985. Empire, 1984. I have no idea what that was. Remington Steel Taxi. Love Taxi. Fantasy Island, Rhoda. Loved Rhoda. Mary Tyler Moore. And The Witches of Salem, The Horror and the Hope, 1972. The shillelagh was played by Michael McGrady, and he looked familiar to me, so we shall see what I knew him from, what I know him from. He's still with us. He is known for Ray Donovan, uh, Southland, American Crime Story, and The Frozen Ground. Uh, he's still acting. SWAT, Chicago PD, nah, maybe. Scorpion, Battle Creek, 
How to Get Away with Murder, NCIS, Hawaii Five-O, Castle, CSI Miami, Lie to Me, Bones, Grey's Anatomy, The Original CSI, The Division, Without a Trace, The Guardian, Cold Case, Star Trek Enterprise, ER, it's quite possible. The Deep End of the Ocean, maybe. Diagnosis Murder, Jag, Volcano, it's possible, I loved that movie. In 1997. Hocus Pocus, the cop in Hocus Pocus, yes, the dude who pretends to, who's dressed as the cop. That's what I know him from. Perry Mason, The Case of the Heartbroken Bride. Madlock. Oh, he'll be in three other episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Four episodes overall, so we'll, we'll go over more of his guest starring roles then. But yeah, that's what I know him from, is Hocus Pocus. It's the guy who dresses up as a cop, and they think he's a real cop. That was a hilarious scene. Lynn Moody played Pam. Oh, did she do some voiceover work for a pup named Scooby-Doo? Awesome. She's known for Knots Landing, Magnum P.I., Chicago Hope, and Beverly Hills 90210. Last, don't credit the heights of a perfect reunion. Crossing Jordan, The Reading Room, Chicago Hope, Clueless TV show. It's loading. Escape to Witch Mountain, 1995. Walker, Texas Ranger. Amen. MacGyver. Yep, a pup named Scooby-Doo. I love that show. 21 Jump Street. This is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. TJ Hooker. ER sitcom. Um... Benson, Magnum P.I., The Jefferson's Love Boat, Trapper John M.D., The Oklahoma City, The... Oh, and she was in Roots, The Next Generation. Cool. And the original Roots, too. So she was with, uh, I don't know, with John Ames and the other guy, but I don't... They didn't share any scenes in that, in this... And her first known credit was Scream, Miraculous Scream. Howard Sylvester played the role of Blaster Boyle. He was funny. Oh, he eventually did get his dairy farm. But we don't know if he succeeded on it. He's known for Inner Space 1997, Uncommon V-A-L-O-R. I have no idea, 1993. An Officer and a Gentleman, 1982, and Raising Helen, 2004. Last known credit in 2015, something called Guiltless. CSI Miami, Malcolm in the Middle, Cold Case, What Would Jesus Do? City of Angels. Maisha loved her. Sabrina the Teenage Witch loved her. Um, NYPD Blue, Karina, Karina, A Different World, In the Deep Woods, Life Goes On, um, 
Doogie Hauser, MD, Tracy Allman Show, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. This is the only episode of, Miss, of Murder She Wrote. What's happening now? Um, Days of Our Lives in 11 episodes in 1980 is Warren Haywood. I have no idea. What really happened to the class of 68? The Harley Girl, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries, What's Happening? And he, the first thing that he did was The Night of the Strangler, 1972, and he was also in the autobiography of Miss Jane, Jane Pittman with, with Cicely Tyson. Fantastic actress, Cicely Tyson. Adam West played our murder victim, Mr. Talvage. He died in 2017 at the age of 88. He is known for Batman TV series in 120 episodes, Batman the Movie 1966, Chicken Little 2005, and Drop Dead Gorgeous 1999. Last known credit was in 2020 in something called XLL in a video game. Family Guy... Batman vs. Two-Face, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, The Big Bang Theory, Robot Chicken, Scooby-Doo. Did a lot of voiceover work because he has one of those voices. Did some voiceover work for Grand Theft Auto 5, the video game, Futurama, Batman, The Brave and the Bold, SpongeBob SquarePants, Meet the Robinsons. He was on Lord, uh, bleh. George Lopez, Family Guy. Um, Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Kim Possible. The Simpsons. Drew Carey Show. Pacific Blue. Diagnosis Murder. Joyride 1997. Goosebumps, Attack of the Mutant, <laughs> Weird Science TV Show, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, um, Nurses, which was a sitcom, a spinoff of uh, Empty Nest, which was in turn a spinoff of The Golden Girls, Tales from the Crypt, Rugrats, Batman the Animated Series, 1775, I have no idea. Mad About You. Oh, this is the only episode of Murder She Wrote. It was in Super Friends, Fantasy Island, Heart to Heart, Laverne and Shirley. Um, the The American Girls, The New Adventures of Batman, Cartoon Series, Emergency. He probably could not get away from Batman. Night Gallery. Batgirl, 1967. Um, Petticoat Junction. Gunsmoke, The Real McCoys, The Detectives. The 77 Sunset Strip, Young Philadelphians. And his first was the Television Playhouse in 1954 to 55. Good for you, Mr. West. You're a national treasure.
And that's it. That is all our guest stars. Overall, I really like this episode. And I'm going to do a bonus episode. Uh, watch the pilot episode of Law and Harry McGraw. I hope everyone has a great day, night, depending on when you listen to this. And I pray for peace every night when my head hits the pillow. Happy crime solving. And I'll see you in the next one.